Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez. And in this segment, we are going to be discussing the upcoming new moon in Shravana, Nakshatra. <laughs> May sound familiar. So before we get started, I would like to remind you that I do study the Vedic sidereal system of astrology. And so if you are coming from a Western tropical background, the placements of the signs that I'm going to be using are not going to sound correct. So I just like to give that precaution in the beginning that I do use the Vedic sidereal system of astrology. And if you would like to see where your planets are placed, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on offerings and then chart to calculate your birth chart. So let's go ahead and jump in. So we are in January. A lot has happened this month, and so we are going to take some time to look at the astrology, and then I'll talk specifically about this new moon in, in Capricorn, and in the sidereal Capricorn in Shravana Nakshatra, and what it will signify for us. And so first, the new moon is going to be on January 31st, 2022, and that's going to be around 1130 p.m. So I'm also in Central Standard Time, depending on where you live, it may be the 31st, it may be uh, February 1st. So it's going to be a different day depending on where you live. But again, if you are in Central Standard Time, it will be around that 1130 period. If you're in the US, it'll be kind of, you know, towards the evening. So we are, you know, if you are moving through some intensity and you feel like things are really intense, feel validated in that. Everyone around me is experiencing intensity. And if you are not experiencing intensity, then I am so happy for you. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> if you're doing any remedial measures, if you're doing a lot of sadhana, if you're just, you know, kind of keeping away, keeping space, that is wonderful. So keep doing that. So when we are looking at the night sky, we do have a stellium in Capricorn. We have a lot of planets in Capricorn. And so it is bringing about matters involving Capricorn. And as I mentioned on the January podcast, I was saying, I was like, look, Mercury is going to be retrograding in Capricorn. This is going to bring up stuff for the economy. The stock market went way down. I've mentioned to y'all before, I think, on the public podcast that my partner has, he's gotten into cryptocurrency and he's like, when are my coins going to go up? And I'm like, I told you they're going to drop, but they'll go back up. Don't worry about it. So it, it will get better. But what we are experiencing with the stock market and the economy is certainly a byproduct of that Mercury retrograde in Capricorn and all of this focus on Capricorn in general. And it may be bringing up, uh, it's bringing up matters in the world, which is around government structures, again, the economy, currency, things like that. And in our own personal life, it may be bringing up issues around structure, maybe even bringing up issues around security. We may even be having issues around money or um, needing to pay extra attention to our wealth. But we always want to think about things in a, you know, kind of taking a few steps back because Capricorn is structures, right? But it can also be structures within our lives and how we structure our life and how we build security. So those matters can certainly be coming up. Mercury, again, is in retrograde. So we need to be especially careful of our communication, of technology, 
of how we're using the media, how we're using social media, we need to be particularly careful about how we're communicating and what we're communicating, because we can certainly have some miscommunications and misunderstandings. And there have been a lot of technical issues as well. The yoga studio the yoga studio I work for has been having massive issues with the apps and things online. So you can certainly have issues with technology or maybe your vehicle, computer and things like that. And so we can expect those challenges until around February 3rd and 4th when Mercury goes direct. Um, but you know, even once Mercury goes direct, we want to be a little bit careful. So around the fourth, it will technically direct, but we still may feel a little bit of that after retrograde shadow for a little while. So keep that in mind as well. And so Saturn is also sitting super close to the sun right now. So Saturn is really restrictive, and it brings like a Uh, kind of like a heaviness and it can bring anxiety Saturn can also bring about fear Um, so can Rahu (laughs) and it's also being aspected by Rahu so we have you know doubled up on that so it can bring up anxiety and fear and the sun is our vitality it's our authority it's our ability to let ourselves shine and our ability to um, let ourselves lead and take up space but it also again it has to do with our vitality it has to do with our willpower it has to do with our connection to authority and so there can certainly be challenges in your personal authority you know there can be challenges in how you view yourself and how you view your ability to stand up for yourself your boundaries what you are willing to put up with and what you're not willing to put up with i've heard this coming through clients as well that they've been feeling this um so matters with your own authority questioning your own authority questioning your own boundaries but also challenges with actual authority so some of you may be having issues with bosses or supervisors employers there can be power struggles there can certainly conflict here and it can bring up that anxiety you know what I mean it can certainly stir the anxiousness and the um, anxiousness but it can also feel like stifling you know you may be in a work situation where you feel stifled by your boss or you feel stifled by your employer it could also just be that you're working extra hard for someone else right now too depending on where this placement is in your chart it can also bring up issues with your father The son, of course, represents the father. And all of this is squaring Uranus. And it's being aspected by Rahu. So it can bring about sudden events, sudden issues, sudden conflicts, and these sudden matters that get you questioning yourself, get you questioning your own, again, personal authority in your life. Did I make the right choice? Am I moving in the right direction? How do I handle this experience? How do I handle this situation? So those feelings may come up. I want to remind you all that we are still in a full Kala Sarpa. This new moon is going to be included in the Kala Sarpa. Kala Sarpa, Kala means time and Sarpa means serpent. And the way I like to describe this is that we're kind of caught in a karmic vortex. So really intense experiences can happen. Life-changing experiences can happen. A lot can change suddenly. So we are still in Kala Sarpa. We're going to be here until April. Okay. So we talked about Mercury retrograde. The final thing I'll say about Mercury is that Mercury is sitting very close to Pluto. Pluto is the planet of control. It's the planet of power and it's the planet of combustibility. So 
involving our communication. We want to be careful involving our technology. We want to be careful. And, you know, Mercury is students as well. So if we're in a, if we're in a teacher role or a leadership role, we want to be extra mindful with issues or conflicts, things of that nature. So the final thing I'll talk about before we talk more deeply about the significance of the new moon is Mars and Venus. And so Mars and Venus have been sitting very closely together. If you have any planets in Sagittarius, you're going to be feeling this probably more than other people. This is a very passionate conjunction. It's incredibly passionate and it can be you know, a little combustible. What we're looking at, right, when we're looking at Venus and Mars together, Venus rules Taurus, which is where Rahu is. Mars rules Scorpio, which is where Ketu is. So there's this even more karmic element to this combination. So really karmic experiences may be coming up for you. Triggers that need to be healed may be coming up for you karmic links with other people may be coming to light. So notice what's coming up and who it's coming up with because there are lessons to be learned right now. And every trigger that we experience is an opportunity to heal. And we are going to talk so much more about that when we get into um, the new moon in Shravana. <laughs> I think it carries a lot of wisdom for us. But Mars and Venus, it can also bring a lot of passion with your partner. It can also bring... Um, maybe some spiciness or irritability or frustration with your partner. Your partner may also be kind of having a difficult time. So if you're in a relationship, be mindful, be supportive, try not to uh, add fuel to the fire if something comes up. And in other areas of our life, these planets are in Sagittarius. People are super passionate right now about what they believe in. We just experienced, um, we experienced Joe Biden wanting to make a mandate, right? He tried to make a mandate and now there is tension there. And at the same time, we are seeing people protest in the streets against these things, against mandates. And so we're seeing these two powers kind of rise up. Two powers rise up and stand up passionately for what they believe is right. And that's what Sagittarius is. Sagittarius is the sign that is always going to vocalize what they believe is right and wrong. And they're always going to stand up for what they believe in. And I always say this when I talk about Sagittarius, they can be the most radicalized. They can be the most radicalized and they can be the most extreme when it comes to beliefs. And so this is why we're seeing these two grand gestures being made from different points of view. And I also want to say that it's not just two points of view, right? I think that what we see on the media kind of convinces us that there are two sides, but there aren't two sides. All of us are so complex and we have so many different perceptions and views and beliefs. And so I think that in this time, and I can't talk about this topic without feeling obligated to say this, is that we have to be so careful not to polarize ourselves. And just because an individual has one belief, it doesn't mean that they are completely on this one side of things. We are complex beings. We have an array of different beliefs and we have an array of different opinions. And so I think that this time in history, I think it will teach us and it will show us that we can't divide ourselves into two sides. It's way more complicated than that. It's way more nuanced than that. So just a reminder, you know, there is 
a lot to see and there are a lot of voices to be heard. And I think that it's so important that we don't get too radicalized or too shut into our own perception and our own belief system that we don't remain open to other people. But with the astrology, with this combination of Venus and Mars, it's bringing it all to light. It's bringing it all to the surface. And it is kind of creating that feeling inside of us where we really want to stand up passionately for that one, you know, belief or set of beliefs that we find to be true. So take that all and do with it what you will. And oh, I read something the other day, it was so beautiful. And I'm going to paraphrase it, but it was something along the lines of, let us remember that when we make acts of kindness, it brings us closer to what we perceive as divine. So when we are kind, when we are patient, when we take a few steps back to try to see the bigger picture of things that brings us closer to that divine space inside of us rather we want to call it god or buddha krishna source energy universe when we act from those higher virtues it brings us closer to what we perceive as the divine so that's some real sagittarius <laughs> That's a really good way to use Sagittarian energy. So I hope that that was helpful. So let's go ahead and talk more about the new moon. So as we were talking about at the beginning, the new moon is going to be in Capricorn. So there may be feelings of intensity, there may be feelings of anxiety, and there may be anxiety again around security, there may be issues and anxiety around control, there may be issues and anxiety around communication. And we're going to talk about how maybe we can handle that. I'm going to talk about how important listening is because shravana is represented by the ear we're going to talk about listening to other people and then we're going to talk more about how to listen to ourselves. so first of all in order to really hear other people i think that we have to learn how to hear ourselves first <laughs> and again we'll we'll talk about it. let's just get into it so i was reflecting on shravana and this nakshatra, and it's associated to being well-learned, to being wise, to being older. You know, you've been around the block. This isn't your first rodeo. You've seen things. You have experience. And Shravana gets that wisdom and gets that knowledge by its willingness to listen, by its willingness to absorb information from other people. And in order to really hear other people, I think that we have to quiet our own mind. We have to rid ourselves of a desired outcome. We have to rid ourselves of an expectation from this other person. And we can't perceive this person in a specific light. You know, sometimes when we know someone for a long time, when we're talking to them, and especially if it's an important conversation, we have expectations of what they're going to say. We have a desired outcome. You know, we expect them to agree with us. We expect them to have certain perspectives or points of view. And, and again, if we've known them for a long time, we expect them to be a certain way. And when that person starts to change, it can get sometimes be a little triggering or a little tricky, right? Because it's like, wait a second, this isn't who you are. I know who you are. This is the person I've built you in my mind to be. 
And so because we're seeing this person through that filter, we're not truly able to see their authenticity in that moment or hear them for what they're really trying to say. And so really, this has nothing to do with the other person. It has to do with us and how we're perceiving them and how we are clinging to our perception of them, right? How we're clinging to that identity of them. We're, we're trying to grasp it. We're trying to hold on to it. And so it's making me think of two Sanskrit words from the eight limbs of yoga. One of them is aparigraha, which is non-grasping. And then the other one is satya, which is truthfulness. So these are from the, again, the yamas and the niyamas of the eight, eight limbs of yoga. And so it's so important to practice non-attachment in our communication not trying to control the other person, not trying to drive it to a desired outcome. And then also truthfulness, seeing them as much as we can in their truth, right? Because we're never going to be able to crawl inside of their brains and see what's really going on. But we can do our own personal work to try to see them as clearly as possible. But we need to do those same practices with ourself. We can't hold on to certain facets of ourself. We can't hold on to certain identities. And we also need to be able to see ourselves truthfully. And so let's go ahead and talk about the mental chatter that arises in tough conversations <laughs> or in any conversation, right, With, when those types of feelings arise. And so I was, again, I was reflecting on this and something I was taking notes about is that wounds from our past keep us from seeing situations clearly. And if you study psychology, you know this already, right? It's like when we experience wounds in our life or we experience challenges, those wounds and challenges, they kind of integrate themselves in our psyche for protection. Okay, so we can't look at these things and and see ourselves as jaded or see ourselves as um, broken because that's just not the way that it works. As humans, we will develop certain ways of perceiving things as a coping strategy and as a way to protect ourselves. For example, if in our youth, we constantly got the rug moved out from under us, as soon as we got comfortable, something happened and it made us feel unsafe, it made us feel insecure. As we move into adulthoods, it's only natural that our coping strategy is always to be on edge, always to be waiting for that rug to get swept out from underneath us. But, you know, as we move into our adulthood, even though that coping strategy worked when we were young, right, because usually all these coping strategies are made when, in our youth to protect us. But when we come into adulthood, we no longer need those coping strategies because we have the tools and we have the ability to take care of ourselves and to nurture ourselves and to understand ourselves. And so if you have these knee-jerk reactions, if you find yourself getting defensive, if you go into fight-or-flight mode, if you dissociate, if you freeze up, if you withdraw – None of that means that you're broken. It means that a wound happened to you and you've developed a coping strategy for it. But that coping strategy is not keeping you from really acting from a place of truthfulness. It's not keeping you or it is keeping you from a place of acting with authenticity. And so this is when listening is so important. Because every single time we get triggered, 
there's something in our system that's like, hey, listen, hey, hey, can I get your attention? Hey, this hurts. Hey, something happened. I need you. That's what happens. Every single time we get triggered, there's this little voice in our psyche asking for our attention. And so when we get triggered, it's so important that we're not acting outwardly. We turn inward to tend to that little voice before taking action. And so some of the things we may ask ourselves when we feel ourselves get triggered, whatever that looks like for us, rather it be in communication with our family or colleagues or whoever, when we're triggered, in order to really hear ourselves, we may ask, why is this trigger coming up? What's the purpose? What does this trigger serve me? And then that's when we start getting into that stuff like, well, I feel unsafe. I feel unsettled. I feel ungrounded. It's because I've felt this way for so long. It's because in my childhood, the rug was constantly getting swept out from underneath me. And so that's one example, right? It's going to be different for everybody. What about this situation triggers me? What actually triggered me? And again, this is for you to journal on your own. Some of us are co-regulators, so maybe we need to talk it out with a friend. Um, But talking it out, taking time to journal, I would encourage really turning inwards and asking yourself these things. And I am admittedly not the best journaler. I don't like to journal that much. I kind of like to take a walk and think about it. But when I do actually sit down and just let myself word vomit onto paper, it always is therapeutic and it, and it does typically help. So if you're like me, if you don't like doing it, just give it a try, see what happens. So what about this situation triggers me? Underneath that, I wrote, be honest. This is the difficult work. Quote unquote, ugly stuff may come up. Because again, when we get triggered in something, it's usually feelings of fear or insecurity or feeling unsafe or feeling unwanted or feeling unvalidated. And so when we see that arise in ourselves, I think that the growing stops when we see those things come up and we're like, no, 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 I don't want to see that. I'm not that. I'm strong. I'm, I'm secure. I don't, you know, I don't have these issues. I don't have these problems. But the truth is that all of us probably have <laughs> some of these issues you know it doesn't it doesn't matter how old you are or how evolved you are or how spiritual you are all of us are on this continuous path of healing and so I think it's so important to be with ourselves in love when those things come up because the rest of the world most likely as we were growing up if we acted with fear if we acted with insecurity some of us weren't lucky enough to have people who tended to that and nurtured us so we developed it in our mind that when we feel that way or we see those things that we're not lovable that we're not likable that those are bad things and so we need to turn that perspective and we need to be able to see these parts of ourselves in love and accept them and be able to see them with neutrality or again with appreciation because that's when we'll really be able to begin to work through them and make changes. If we stifle ourselves, if we stuff them back in the hole, evolution's never going to happen. So it's not ugly stuff. It's just stuff. Got to be honest with ourselves about what triggers us in those moments. The next thing I wrote is how is this experience a lesson? What is this trigger trying to teach me? Every single trigger is trying to teach us something. 
The next thing is it's coming up so that we can see it, love it, heal it. Nothing is wrong. We have to love ourselves through it. And so again, if you are interested in these steps, if you're someone who does get triggered and kind of gets swept away by the trigger, which I think that we're all prone to doing, you know, I think that it, it can happen to all of us. Um, recommended steps are why is this trigger coming up? That's number one. Number two, what about this trigger or what about this situation triggers me? Number three, be honest with yourself. It's difficult work. Number four, how is this trigger a lesson? What is this trigger trying to teach me about myself so that I can heal it? And then the final wrap up is it's coming up so that we can see it, love it, heal it. Nothing is wrong. We have to love ourselves through it. So when we do this work, when we take the time to reflect on ourselves and we those steps I just talked about, you know, you can have your own way of doing it. This is the way I like to do it. But when we go through those steps, we're polishing the mirror of our perception, right? Because as we move through life and we get triggered and we get wounded, we get splatters on our mirror and we start th- seeing things in a distorted way. And so when we really take time to look at ourselves and process things, we polish the stains off so that we can see ourselves clearly, our true authentic self, and then we can see other people clearly. When we can see ourselves clearly, it gives us so much more room to stand with other people when they are sharing anything with us. We become less reactive. We become less impulsive. We become less defensive. We're just able to be and able to receive and to hear. And when we're able to hear, just like Shravana reminds us, we are able to learn. We are able to be wise. And also, you know, even a step further, we can better hold space for other people when they're moving through their stuff. And we can see it with more clarity. You know, I think that it's so common. We're in a relationship or we're in a friendship or it's a family member. One of us gets triggered. The other one gets triggered. (laughs) And then it's just this massive combustible energy that just keeps playing off each other. And then we go to bed and we wake up and we pretend like nothing happened. Right. (laughs) But hopefully what we're doing, I feel in society, more people are becoming aware of this and how important it is. We're learning how to see ourselves clearly, and then that helps us hold space for others in their process. And if they get triggered and they get swept away and they get hijacked, which we're all prone to doing, we can stay steady in that. And we don't necessarily let ourselves get taken away with it. So I hope this was helpful. I hope that you got something out of this podcast. I've gotten really into angel cards and... Some of you are going to judge me. Some of you aren't. I've always kind of felt like angel cards were a little cheesy. I know. I know. Some of you are upset with me. Listen, I've been converted. I love them now. But when I first got them, I was kind of like, "Mm, I prefer the tarot. I prefer, you know, the hardcore messages. Like if it's the Ten of Swords, give it to me. (laughs) Like that was kind of my mentality. Um, But lately I've gotten really into angel cards and I sat and I asked what you all may need to hear. And I thought that this was so interesting. So the angel card I pulled for everyone. And this is from the Archangel Oracle deck by Doreen Virtue. Is beloved one. I am helping you with your spiritual soulmate relationship. And so again, some of you are going to be disappointed with me some of you are going to be excited but when I first saw this 
the first thing that came to my mind is the soulmate relationship with ourselves and with that divine space inside of us because this is the spiritual path. The spiritual path is polishing the mirror, clearing our perception so that we can find clarity, so that we can find truth and connection to that divine source inside of us, right? That's the point for any spiritual practice. And so relationships in the outer world are amazing. And maybe you're listening to this and you're entering a new relationship, hopefully not during Venus retrograde, um, but you're, you're, you know, you're having auspicious energy in your relationship and you're feeling really good and supported. And if that's the case, so beautiful. You are being helped with your spiritual soulmate relationship. And, you know, I think that we can view it as a, as a spiritual relationship with ourself and with something higher than ourself. And to add to that, even our relationships, our intimate relationships are always mirrors for us to grow and to heal and to connect to that source inside of us. All right, so I'm going to wrap it up. We're under 30 minutes. Again, I hope this was helpful. I hope that you got something out of it. If you are interested in scheduling a reading, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, to schedule yourself. I do want to say it's months that I'm booking out, um, but I'm still accepting clients for coaching. And I do have a Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash astrology now podcast. And I do weekly horoscopes there. So I take all this information and I tell you how it will impact you and your sign personally. So I'd love to see you any of those places and on my Instagram, astrology now underscore podcast. Again, my name is Christine. This is astrology now. Thank you so much.